Where would the Ukrainians be right now without U.S. weapons? How much of their country would they have lost? Without that sort of aid, I think Ukraine would have been probably overrun, defeated, uh, certainly would have lost a lot more. Lieutenant General Ben Hodges served as the commander of the U.S. Army in Europe. He retired in 2017 and is now an advisor to NATO. Hodges told us the Biden administration has failed to explain to Americans what they're getting for their dollar in Ukraine. If you think about it, Russia has been for decades and still is an existential threat for Europe and the United States. I mean, just listen to what their leaders say. Look at the thousands of nuclear weapons. They clearly will keep going if they're not stopped. It sounds like you're saying stopping Vladimir Putin in Ukraine directly benefits every American. Absolutely. This, this war is about so much more than just Ukraine. Is this a high point for American foreign policy? Uh, it will be after uh, Russia has been defeated. Wow. Just what idiot is advising the U.S. and NATO on the Ukraine-Russia war? Well, welcome back to more, more, more War Mondays on the Rob Manus Show here at the RBM Network. And that's it. Red Voice Media. We're dangerous because we're audacious and we bring you the facts and the truth. So his name is Ben Hodges, if you didn't catch it. They're a retired three-star general and former commanding general of the U.S. Army Europe. And he's wrong about everything. Today, we'll show you the facts about the charlatan and exactly how he's wrong and actually hurting the U.S. and NATO in the process. The vaunted counteroffensive for Ukraine has failed, and we'll show you the evidence that he is flat wrong. I've called for this since before Russia invaded. It's time for a statesman to rise out of the noise of our rogue federal government to bring this war to a rapid end. The USA must end its decades-long endless war approach. Our republic was not designed to be an empire and the majority of the American people, most importantly, do not support leading our foreign policy with military force. In spite of what you just saw Congress do less than 24 hours ago by approving even more funding to this crazy war, we can bring this policy to an end to save Ukrainian and Russian lives, plus potentially millions more lives from the next unnecessary war that we can prevent by changing U.S. policy. We were once an ethical and moral people, but can we be again? Well, doctor and retired U.S. Navy Commander Raren D. Arrington is with me today to expose this so-called advisor as the liar that he is. Doc, welcome back to the Rob Mena Show, man. Hey, Colonel, it's always good to be with you. I have uh, spent all day preparing my ears to hear the real truth, and I hope your audience is prepared equally to hear the real truth, because that's what you're going to get on the Rob Manis Live Show, the real truth. Well, yeah, I appreciate you doing this. You know, uh, this is potentially going to be the blastingish uh, performance by me that people are going to see, because... Folks, go back and look at my last actual tweet that's all text, and you'll see that there have been some people saying some stupid shit on social media today. You know, some of them are Republicans that say they were former infantry officers. Of course, the guy's got lawyer in his bio, too. He's an idiot. And I don't use idiot 
terms lightly when I'm talking about other military people or, or general officers in public, uh, Randy. Uh, but but this this Hodges guy is a freaking idiot, you know. Uh, and uh, and people all over the world are trying to say the United States needs to continue to pour our treasure and potentially the blood of our kids into Ukraine, which has never been a vital national interest of the United States of America or NATO, for that matter, ever. Uh, that's exactly right. There is no American national interest in Ukraine. None. Zero point zero. And I've done a lot of research on these pundits and these lobbyists, these uh, military guys that go and sit on boards after they retire from the military. Good for them to get a nice job. But I've never come across a guy like Ben Hodges who is wrong on just about everything that he spews. Everything he spews. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, let's uh, hey, just go bring up picture number one, and we'll just show you one of his initial uh, lies. He's not, not just a lie, it's flat out wrong. Notice the date there, it's March 15, 2022, so less than, uh, less than a month after the invasion started. Uh, and what does he say? Russia lacks the manpower and ammunition. It's gonna cease its war in 10 days. 10 days, folks, and you can see there's his name and rank and his former position down there. You can bring that down, Disco. Uh, that's just the first of many uh, of this guy's idiotic positions that you're going to hear and see today. We've got to stop this. That man, that clip I started the show with, and there's going to be a couple more, I think, from that from that show, is from CBS 60 Minutes. So he had a 60 Minutes interview, which some people are still stupid enough to watch, uh, thinking that they're honest uh, and ethical uh, journalists going on, but they're really just pushing the propaganda uh, position. You know, I mean, I, I tweeted out just a little bit ago after I saw uh, uh, Mr. Branson's tweet saying the U.S. and Congress, here's my thought. You know who Branson is, the guy from Virgin uh, Atlantic uh, and all that stuff, Richard Branson. Uh, here's my, he tweets out, here's my thoughts on the U.S. Congress and why we need to support Ukraine and all that. Well, he's not an American citizen that I know of, and he certainly isn't sending his kids and himself to Ukraine to die there. And that's what I said in my tweet. If you are so pro-war, that you love war so much and you want to spend U.S. dollars and American blood in Ukraine, you got to meet two requirements. First, before you spew your bullshit, these two requirements must be met. You got to be an American citizen. And second, you better have your ass and your kids' asses over there fighting before you spew it. Because that's exactly what needs to happen. You have no credibility with people, especially someone like me and you, I mean, three of my sons have served in the military, two of those in war zones, along with the same war zones that I've been in. I've lost friends. I've nearly lost my own life. It's ridiculous that these idiots keep talking about this war like it's some kind of freaking game. This is not a game. Uh, my son was an officer in the 101st Airborne, uh, and he got there just after Ben Hodges left the 101st. 
and I know where he went. He was a brigade commander, whatever battalion commander. He went somewhere after that, probably Europe. But like I said, the guy has been wrong on just about everything. I think right now, Colonel, uh, American officials in the public are slowly starting to come to realization uh, that the results of this Ukrainian counteroffensive, and I got four things, that one, Russia is deeply dug in. They call that, remember, talked about this earlier on your show last week, two weeks ago, defensive depth. And they will not leave, at least voluntarily, they will not leave the Ukraine. And the cost of the, the, to Ukraine in manpower and weaponry is massive. They've lost like 500,000 men. Uh, the risks of this war expanding, Colonel, are increasing day by day. And, uh, you know, numerous of our politicians and officials and pundits and lobbyists uh, have blatantly lied about this war from the beginning, the origins, uh, the course of the war, and its consequences. And I think, and I mentioned this to you uh, two weeks ago, I think this being the reality, you would expect the Biden administration to uh, you know, go back and reevaluate their foreign policy decisions. But it's highly unlikely to happen for one simple reason, domestic politics. I think the people in the Biden administration and the future historians believe that the results of the war in Ukraine are going to be Joe Biden's legacy. So he and his people and the people he has in Congress, like that idiot, uh, what's the guy from Kentucky? What's his name? Lindsey Graham, not Kentucky. Yeah, Lindsey Graham are going to continue to push this war uh, and push American dollars. And eventually, I think they might want to put American troops boots on the ground. And to me, and you mentioned that would be uh, ludicrous. OK, so we've got to stop this war. And I, I always I kind of uh, go with what uh, Doug McGregor says. Make peace now. And I say, yeah. he says, you fools. I say, you idiots, you dummies, make peace now. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, Disco, show a, let's pull up, before we go to the break, let's pull up uh, uh, picture three, pick three. Now, here, here, here's another one. This is, uh, uh, there, there he goes. This is in the summer, the first summer, I believe. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Russia's going to retreat from the Ukraine by the fall. Uh, and these are just the first two, Randy. <laughs> I mean, the guy is an idiot. You could bring the picture down. Uh, these are the kinds of people that that are driving us to World War III. No kidding. This is serious business. Uh, you know, and, and I am so tired of people that don't know what the hell they're talking about calling people like you and me Russian assets, traitors. I just saw it again today from this guy who says he's a former infantry officer that's, that basically says, you know, people like Matt Gates, including me, because, because it's, on my, it's a comment from my retweet that we are just traitors and Putin's puppets and all that. And that's just bullshit. I question this guy's veracity of his bio. I think he's a liar. Uh, I think he's faking it. He can't be an infantry officer if he's that willing to send American kids and put at risk all the kids in the world for a nuclear world three. And that's what's going on. We got to take our first break, uh, but uh, we'll be right back here on more war Mondays. Uh, it's a hot one. It's going to get hotter because we're talking about Ben Hodges, retired Army. Attention Americans, breaking news. 
Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. Listen up, folks. Uh, Bidenomics isn't working. You just saw it in the ad there. The U.S. dollar is losing value, and your hard-earned savings really are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for that free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833-2-USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465. Or visit protectfrombiden.com. And we'll see you there. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show, uh, folks. Uh, it's more more Mondays, and we are talking about the idiots that are actually, I believe, being paid to advise NATO and the United States government on the war in Ukraine, namely... U.S. Army, former U.S. Army General Ben Hodges and former uh, European Command, U.S. Army Commander, uh, the commanding general there. Uh, and we're talking with Dr. Randy Arrington, the author and uh, former college professor. I think you still teach it occasionally, don't you? Uh, and uh, U.S. Navy uh, retired uh, attack pilot. Uh, so he knows a lot about this stuff. Uh, and the politics interwoven in this. And man, I gotta I gotta call this next clip up, but but this go show uh, show picture two before we do that. Uh, so Dr. Aaron can speak to that real quickly. You know, this is November 2022. He's complimenting somebody. He's predicting that Putin's going to lose the Battle of Crimea, the decisive phase of the campaign in the coming summer. We're in the, we're in the fall of 2023 right now, folks. And Ben Hodges is an idiot. One more time. He hasn't been right about anything. And he's had the audacity to say that Russia is still an existential threat to the United States of America and to Western Europe and NATO, uh, Russia today is nothing like the Soviet Union's communism uh, threat was to the entire world, but especially Europe and the United States of America, Doc. Uh, I mean, come on. 
Uh, you mentioned the, the Hodges being an idiot, and I, I, that's the exact words I use for him. He actually said that he believes that if Russia, he says Russia's going to fail and they're going to lose this war to Ukraine. And then when they lose this war to Ukraine, he says that's the beginning of the end of the Russian Federation. He said there are centrifugal forces at work that are actually pulling Russia apart. And he believes that we in the United States and the rest of the world needs to be prepared for an eventual breakup of the Russian Federation. And I've mentioned before, Russia, uh, if you study their history, and I have done a lot of study of their history, they almost look like they want to lose the conflict before they decisively engage in victory. That's what they do. They look like they're going to lose, and all of a sudden they're, they're victorious. He also said that they have a, uh, an, a weak military, very weak military. He's full of crap. They have a 21st century highly capable military. They, trust me, they cannot be defeated by Ukraine. The only way they can come to a, uh, a freeze like they did in, in Korea and then split it, the country in, in half uh, and have a demilitarized zone is if the United States and Europe keep sending money and assets and maybe eventually people into Ukraine. That's the only way that that will happen. That's the best possibility outcome, best possible outcome for Ukraine. They will not defeat Russia, Colonel. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, uh, let's, go, let's go ahead and play clip two real quick. Absolutely, I am. Uh, I believe completely that Ukraine is going to win this war. Uh, the amount of time it takes depends a lot, mainly on the United States and on Germany and other countries continuing to support Ukraine. Uh, having said that, I think it's important that we look at the counteroffensive as more than just the ground part. I mean, that's only a part of this. Um, this war, which, by the way, we're expecting Ukrainian soldiers to do something we would never ask American soldiers, British soldiers, German soldiers, Polish. We would never send our troops into a battle like this without total air superiority and all the best possible equipment. And yet we've, they're getting critiqued from about 8,000 miles away. So nonetheless, they're still ha achieving some success there. Did you catch that? I mean, that that is what we've been saying, that Joe Biden is willing to fight this war down to the last dead Ukrainian. Uh, and Hodges just admitted it, like the dummy he is, in public, uh, uh, what we've been saying is accurate. We are willing, and we are demand not willing, but we are demanding Ukrainian men and women go into that combat zone without overwhelming air superiority. As a matter of fact, they have no air superiority. I'm surprised they can get any anything airborne uh, that, that's bigger than, uh, than a small drone uh, at this point, because the Russians can create air superiority just about wherever and whenever they want, uh, from what I can tell uh, in my observations uh, 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 from afar over here. Obviously, I'm not on the ground there, but we do know that. Uh, that they very rarely uh, have enough air superiority uh, to do any major attack uh, that will cause enough damage to set the Russian armed forces back. Would you agree with that, Doc? I mean, that's what I think is going on. I would, and the, the Russians uh, have air superiority, which you got to have. And this knucklehead said that he believed that they were weak, they weren't a good army, and that was the first reason they would lose the war. Second, there were economics uh, pushing their energy, and, and that nobody would want to buy their weapons anymore when they found out how poorly 
they uh, you know, produced results in the war. Uh, and he says, nobody is scared of the Russian army anymore. And that's what Hodges said. I'm not afraid of the Russian army. I respect them because I know they're powerful and lethal and they're a 21st century uh, war fighting machine. Um, Hodges actually predicted that the Ukrainian soldiers would uh, push Russia back to the pre-2014 uh, borders, the 1991 borders, and if they would liberate, they'd win the war and liberate Crimea by the end of 2022, or at the least in the first three or four months of 2023. You know what, Colonel? He's completely wrong. The Ukrainians are running out of warm bodies, Colonel. They have lost 500,000. They're running out of warm bodies. And at some point, they're going to get very desperate. They're already conscripting men and women up to the age of 60 which wouldn't include you and me, but up to the age of 60. As I always say, desperate people do desperate things. Yeah, and and again, neither one of us uh, uh, disagrees that the Ukrainians ought to be able to fight for their, defend their country and fight for their lives as much as they want to. But you you gotta uh, have an understanding politically and tactically uh, from a capability perspective, what the art of the possible is uh, at this point. What do you think about Hodge's statement that for decades, Russia has been an existential threat to the United States uh, and Europe? Look, look, they've always had the nuclear forces uh, that we've negotiated with them to, to have under arms control agreements, et cetera, et cetera. That is, uh, yes, that that is, a, a, if it were to be used, would be an existential threat to not just the United States and NATO, but to the entire world. Uh, but that's a potential threat. I've seen no statements from the current leadership in Russia uh, prior to this, prior to combat, which things get heated in combat, and they've said a lot of little nutty things like making threats of nuclear strikes and those kind of things, uh, but only on the battlefield in Ukraine, uh, That, from what I know, unless something has happened recently that I missed. Uh, but, but conventionally, uh, they've made no statements, not even a hint of a move uh, either on the ground or politically in public that would lead you to believe that that is a correct statement. I mean, decades, the Soviet Union broke apart, breaking apart was a much bigger threat than the Russian Federation, which is much smaller, has an economy about the size of Texas, if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, you know, uh, that breaking apart. Come on, man. This guy is so wrong. I mean, I've already, <laughs> he, he's wrong on that. They're not an existential threat to even Western Europe. If they were, they'd have been th- they'd have been rolling right up to the western border of Ukraine and right up to Poland and Hungary and all of those bordering nations right there with their tanks, like the Soviets did. They're not doing that, and they're not. Go- I don't believe they're going to do that. There was a statement that I, I researched and found out from one of the defense ministers, under Secretary of Defense in Russia, that said a U.S. first nuclear strike, in other words, a nuclear strike against the U.S., is not off the table. That's just saber-rattling. Our, our beloved Air Force would intercept that missile or missiles, whatever, before it even came out of the atmosphere. So we're not worried about that. I'm not worried about, uh, I'm not afraid of Soviet Union, pardon me, the Russia. I'm not afraid of them. I do respect them. Yeah. Yeah, we should respect them. I think we lost Dr. Arrington's uh, video there. Uh, But uh, absolutely, we should respect uh, the Russian armed forces uh, and the nation of Russia. Uh, They have 
more capability on the nuclear force side than any other country in the world except for us. Uh, it, but we also need to start understanding what the unintended consequences of NATO uh, of the NATO and the United States uh, actions have been with this unnecessary uh, conflict that we continue to uh, to make go longer. Uh, and uh, Hodges just admitted it. We'd never send Americans into combat against Russia without total air superiority. It's not going to ever happen. Never. Okay? Uh, but we're sending Ukrainians in to do it because, and Hodges speaks as if the United States has a goal to take down to do regime change in Russia, uh, which is completely off the board and off the mark. That's never been stated, never been asked for from Congress, ever, Doc. Where well, are these crazy people coming from? This man was in command of all U.S. Army forces Europe, uh, Europe in 2017. Uh, like I said, my son, Captain Arrington, got to the 101st Airborne after uh, Hodges left. Uh, he was probably uh, 05, I think, or 06, whatever. And he said his reputation was horrible. And they did refer to him with that same, uh, same attitude that you used. They said he was an idiot. But how did they get promoted? How did they get promoted? Well, they aligned themselves with certain politicians who pushed them. And you have to have a politician to push you into the 07 ranks. It's no longer getting promoted by your peers uh, to 06. It's 07, a political uh, appointment, a promotion. So they referred to him as an idiot. You know, and, you know, I said desperate people do desperate things. And um, I think that the same time what's happening in Ukraine, war with China, and you like this, you talk about this, uh, war with China keeps getting closer and closer. I don't think it's going to happen until 2025. You think I, it's going to happen sooner than that. But the last month, the Biden administration, I don't know if you know this, approved another $80 million uh, military weapons package for Taiwan. And ever since Biden um, entered the White House, his administration has been endlessly provoking both the Russians and the Chinese. And in the process, these two nations, our traditional enemies, have been driven closer and closer together, which is the exact opposite of what our, our foreign policy should be. Our, our Secretary of State should be pushing those guys to fight each other. We want them to fight each other. So that being the case, I think most Americans have absolutely no idea how close we might be to an actual nuclear exchange. I hope it never gets to that. And uh, hopefully rational actors, and I believe Putin to be a rational actor, uh, hopefully we'll get to that, but it's close. Yeah, and here, here in the next uh, few months, I'm gonna have an expert on Chinese nuclear forces come on and spend a whole hour with us to, to uh, lay out in detail ex exactly what their capability is, because when you combine those two forces, even as it stands right now today, uh, uh, they they outnumber ours dramatically, and, and we are not in the correct posture uh, against Russia uh, because of this weak uh, leadership from uh, this guy Joe Biden that was installed as president of the United States of America. Well, we've got to we've got to take uh, a second break here, Doc, and go to a commercial. Uh, but I'm Rob Manus. More War Mondays. The idiot advisors to the United States and NATO have to be stopped on this war on Ukraine, or all of our kids are gonna be at risk of being incinerated uh, much, and we're much closer to it than you think. Red Voice Media, 
We bring you the truth, whether you like it or not. We'll be right back. If you're like me and you want to be prepared for the unexpected. That's where the wellness company's emergency medical kit comes Over 40% of Americans say that they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation. Medical emergency kits with ivermectin. The kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in the event of natural disasters, supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, or like an apocalyptic situation. These are the actual medications that you would need in the event of certain situations. So they've got emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics. Why doesn't UK go ahead and give up uh, Wales or Manchester? I mean, for the sake of peace, let let the Russians have that for the sake of peace. Of course, that's ridiculous. Why do we think it's okay, uh, like this was the 18th century, to say, "Come on, Ukraine, let them have Crimea for the sake of peace"? Anybody that's cracked open a history book knows that Russia will not um, be satisfied with getting any piece of Ukrainian land. They have got to be defeated. That's the only way this ends. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show uh, here on More War Monday. And that's him, uh, General Ben Hodges, now a retired, that's a paid advisor to NATO, uh, and I'm assuming the United States government. Uh, uh, and uh, we've, we've shown his, his uh, lies and his, his uh, misstatements and his just flat out uh, stupidity on the subject of the Ukraine and Russia war. Uh, and apparently, he was on 60 Minutes not too long ago. Uh, a lot of people are listening to this guy. Well, he's leading you into a trap, folks, and the trap has the blood of your children, and maybe even you, and all your friends at the bottom of that bottomless pit, uh, because it's time for a statesman to show up and get this job done. And uh, we're talking with Dr. Randy Arrington today, uh, uh, retired U.S. Navy commander, attack pilot, uh, and uh, really expert in political power at the presidential level and uh, uh, and uh, uh, and warfare. Quite honestly, you know, you know, Randy, it's uh, you saw that right there. He's trying to say that uh, that the Crimea uh, uh, is like Scotland or Wales to England. Uh, you know, I, look, I've read I've read enough of Russian history to know that Catherine the Great brought was the first to bring all of Ukraine, I think what would be considered all of it today, into Russia, uh, and that was a long, long time ago. Uh, and I've also uh, and before that, Crimea was considered part of Russia forever and a day, to use a military colloquialism there, uh, forever and a day before that. So this is this is totally different than the issue of Wales or Scotland to the United Kingdom. It is completely different. As a matter of fact, it was in the 20th century when you know Crimea was peeled off from Russia proper again by the Soviets when they created this state called Ukraine. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I think just think the guy's just being dumb again. You know. It's just crazy. 
The Crimea has been important to the Russian uh, people, especially the Communist Party uh, in the Soviet Union, because that's where they had all their dachas, and they would go spend their you know their summers there and have fun. But Crimea is Crimea is very important to what goes on in the Black Sea, so it is yeah. very important to anybody that, that uh, controls it. But you know, as I said uh, earlier, most Americans have absolutely no idea uh, how close we might actually be uh, to nuclear war. Why? Well, our politicians confidently. Uh, assure us that the war in Ukraine will never spark uh, any kind of nuclear conflict, and the mainstream media, the lapdogs in the media uh, and the Western world rarely even talk about this. But guess what, Colonel? Over in Russia, things are completely different. They regard the war in Ukraine as an existential conflict between the Russian people and NATO, who is an enemy. And they don't want the enemy on their front door. That's why this invasion occurred, because they were talking about the flirting with the idea of bringing Ukraine into NATO. And that, again, puts NATO right on the eastern front of Russia. They, they, Putin can't have that. And the, the people in Russia don't want that. So, you know, again, they talk about this. I can't remember the guy that said about the first strike uh, capability that the Russians have. They don't have a first strike capability. Nobody does. But, again, the stage is being slowly set for a hot phase of a World War III colonel, and most Americans are clueless about that. Most Americans simply believe believe it when the experts tell them, hey, everything is going to be just fine, and for the moment, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the lie that Hodges tells about Russia's, Russia uh, today, as it is today, has been an existential threat to the United States and NATO uh, for decades when that's just BS. Uh, it's like Crimea. Putin went in and took Crimea back after we, the West, started setting Ukraine up to be Western-oriented and to become a member of NATO. He he's drew a red line on that. Uh, all Russian leaders have drawn a red line on that since the Soviet Union broke away and broke up. Uh, that That is the red line right there, and that's why he took Crimea back, because the, the Black Sea Fleet headquarters is right there. The the Ukrainians got lucky the other night, and I think they hit it with three or four storm shadows that got through uh, and uh, injured somebody. They claimed that the Black Sea Fleet commander was killed in that, in that raid, but uh, he was seen on video hosting a meeting or chairing a meeting, I think the very next day, live. Uh, so, you know, it's just... It's tough to get through the propaganda on both sides, folks. Uh, and uh, I, we're by no means rooting for Russia uh, and, and rooting against the Ukrainians' ability to defend themselves. But again, like I said at the beginning of the show, you have to understand the art of the possible. And the art of the possible uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't include uh, wasting hundreds of thousands of more Ukrainian lives or risking a World War III, even conventionally, where your kids will be told to go. Look, they're making noises about a draft. There's a war Army War College paper out right now that just came out last week. I got a copy of it, and it's been parts excerpts have been seen on on X and other social media where they're recommending to go back to a partial draft to get your kids into the military because they can't keep up with the recruiting requirements that the all-volunteer force was once able to meet before families like mine uh, decided we're not going to recruit anymore because of all the Marxist uh, uh, approaches and leaders and, and the willingness of these leaders to throw my kids into the fire pit uh, of endless warfare. 
It's over. Until that changes, that's over. So the draft is coming, as I've said, uh, and uh, they want to continue, apparently, to push this if they're putting their trust in advisors like Ben Hodges. Am I wrong, Doc? No, you're not. And, and, and again, Putin is not a dummy, and he is uh, waging a war of attrition because he can win that war. All he has to do is, uh, you know, have his defensive depth. Uh, they can't get past the minefields. They're the so-called counteroffensive, didn't do anything. In fact, Russia actually uh, made some inroads up in the northern part of uh, Ukraine and, and gained some, some ground there. And so, you know, you got you to gotta be realistic. They're not going to win the war against Russia. They're just not. And I think he's waging this war of attrition because I think he might actually be hoping that uh, Trump wins the election 2024 because then you get somebody in the White House that is rational. And that will be a guy that you can negotiate with, not these knuckleheads, uh, you know, that are pushing the, the puppeteers that are pushing Biden. I think he thinks and respects uh, President uh, Trump and will sit down with him and negotiate a peace settlement. Now, they're not going to leave. They're going to keep what they've got. And, you know, Zelensky probably will be deposed after this happens, and they're going to retake that land they've got. I don't think he wants to push any further uh, into Ukraine, uh, you know, than he has done right in any further west than he's already done. I don't think he—some people think that he wants to reestablish the Soviet Union. I don't believe that to be true. I don't think that could happen. So yeah. you, you know, watch what's happening right now. He's going to just wage this war of attrition and slowly slug it out, and they keep losing men hand over fist, Colonel, in, in Ukraine. Yeah, well, we, we sacrificed 57,000 American lives to the domino mm -hmm. theory in Southeast Asia in the 1960s and early 70s. Uh, uh, and and I'm, not on my watch, man. Uh, I was a kid watching that on TV uh, and, and came on active duty uh, in reserve at 78, active duty mid 79 uh, is after I finally got out of high school and uh, not on my watch. I'm not gonna stand by and watch that happen. And people use that, that idiotic theory uh, to kill more people. I don't care if they're Americans or not. Uh, I care that it's Russians and, and Ukrainians and, and a lot of civilians that are needlessly dying when there is a statesman-like position available to get this done. It, it, it's incredulous to me that you have retired, uh, you know, senior general officers and admirals out there actually saying that it's America's gold. I mean, they're not even implying it. This guy didn't even imply it. He said it. It's our goal to take down uh, Russia. Uh, the Russian Federation, do a regime change, uh, and uh, the Congress hasn't voted to do that. They know that they would never get a vote out of Congress to do that, ever, okay? Uh, because the American people will rise up and put so much pressure on them uh, that they never, you know, they're, they're all about getting reelected in Congress, uh, and, and they would never survive that. It may take a few cycles, but we would clean them out if they do that. Uh, matter of fact, they're going to get cleaned out anyway because 300 of them voted to send more funding to Ukraine the other day. Well, well they, they, every they time also, they do that, another name gets added to the primary list. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there, there, I also, my sources tell me there's also uh, a secret 
deal that was cut that Congress doesn't really know about, only a few people in Congress know about, to keep sending money to Ukraine. So, you know, we got to have transparency in our government, and we don't have that right now. And it's, it's because the people that are uh, running the country are not who you see every day, you know, falling down the stairs. It's the, the, the Marxists that are the puppeteers that are controlling what's happening in this country. And I truly believe that they hate the United States of America. You and I love the United States of America. I try to teach my students, I want you to love the United States of America. And they've been... They've been trained and, and inculcated and brainwashed, I call it mind rape, by these Marxist professors who uh, I used to hear all the time in the various faculty lounges I was in speak so highly of Marxism. And I tell them, look, Marxism never, ever works. The only places it works is in this lounge where you're dreaming of it and in hell where they already have it. Exactly right, man. You know, the, the existential threat to the United States of America isn't over in Russia. It's not even in China. It's the rogue federal government and the funding that comes from Congress that just approved it again because of the three decades of continuing resolutions and omnibus spending bills. That's not the way the system works, and that's why we're here, folks. You need to be calling your congressman every single day, not <clears throat> writing them uh Call them, write them a letter once a week, send them an email every day, but call them every day and tell them they've got to get this budget process and funding process under control because they just funded Biden's Marxist government for another 45 days. Another 45 days. So we've got to take our last break, uh, uh, Commander Arrington. We will be right back. And when we come back, we'll show you the reality of the losing side in the Ukraine-Russia war. And it's not looking good for NATO and the United States of America. I'll just be up front with you. That's a fact. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network. We'll be right Interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. recognize speaking specifically about the front lines in the south do you recognize a strategy by the ukrainian military or are they just trying whatever is possible 
No, this is all about Crimea. Uh, Crimea is the decisive terrain of this war. Uh, Ukraine knows it will never be safe or secure, and they'll never be able to rebuild their economy as long as Russia occupies Crimea. And the Russians don't care about Donbass, except that that gives them the land bridge that connects Rostov down to Crimea. So if the, if the Ukrainians are able to liberate Crimea, or at least make it untenable, unusable for Russian forces, then they're going to win this war. The land component of the counteroffensive is aimed at um, severing that land bridge. That's why places like Tokmak are so important, because once they get there, and then they can bring up uh, other long-range weapons, uh, exactly as Thomas said, to, to be able to go after Russian logistics. And once you have severed the land bridge, either by fire or by occupation, then the only thing that's left is the Kerch Bridge. And now Crimea is in a real fix. And so this entire counteroffensive is aimed at isolation of Crimea, making it untenable, and eventually uh, liberating it. Now, long-range precision fire are the key here, whether it's an Atakums or Taurus, uh, more Storm Shadow or Scalp, or the ground launch small diameter bombs and folks that is uh, more wishful thinking and wrong-headedness from general ben hodges a paid advisor to nato former u.s army europe commander uh from back in 2017 who who is uh, and look i've been a commander nobody always loves you as a commander so there are people out there i'm sure that would call me an idiot too but this guy is is more than that. He's just dumb as a rock. Uh, we're talking with uh, Commander Randy Arrington today. Randy, before we get started, I just want to pop up uh, the two maps uh, that I've got. Show, uh, uh, show. Uh, let's see, Disco. Show, uh, uh, pick five, uh, the overview map, folks, uh, and I'll talk you through it. Now, this is kind of it's 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 grayed out a little bit. If you see the dark line going from the top right down to the bottom left, uh, you'll see red areas and blue areas along that line. That is the line of the counteroffensive. You see the two small blue areas there in Donetsk and Zaporizhia are where the Ukrainian armed forces have spent hundreds of thousands of lives all of their armor that we gave them to the point where they're only able to, to, to try to get across these lines now with small infantry units to try to occupy empty trenches that the Russians have left. And then the red areas are what Russia has retaken during the counteroffensive. You can see, yes, it looks like Russia has taken more land during the Ukrainian counteroffensive. Bring that, that last picture up, pick six. Uh, to, to zero in on that just a little bit, Disco. Uh, and there, the purple, starting from the top right down to where that arrow is, uh, the little small purple areas, and this is as of the 18th of September, so a couple weeks ago, that's all the Ukrainians have done. That's it. Okay, you can take that down. Uh, so they're losing, we're losing. Uh, the problem for us is that we've taken a non-vital security interest, national interest, and when we lose, it will become as if it was a vital national interest through our own damn actions. And that is just tragic uh, because uh, they're not going to take that territory back. 
Doc. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to take territory without occupying it. I'm an airman. I'm, I'm 33 years almost in the United States Air Force enlisted to 06. Okay. Combat squadron command, aircraft squadron commander, been to the war, or what we call the war anyway. Uh, 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 and uh, it just doesn't happen. You don't, you don't keep hold and control territory without boots on the ground and air superiority to do it. And that guy was just talking about, I don't know if you picked up on it, he was talking about being able to use, uh, keep the Russians at uh, logistics down by using ATACMs or storm shadows or some combination without having to go in and, uh, and beat them on the ground. It, it just isn't gonna happen. You know, I've mentioned this before, it doesn't matter what piece of equipment you are using. What matters is who is sitting in the seat, whether that's a cockpit of an airplane, a fighter, or it's, a, it's in a tank. That is what wins the wars, not necessarily the sophistication of your weaponry. And I wanted to uh, do a little bit of a, uh, uh, I'll shift the gears for, for a second, go pop political on you. I remember when my four-year-old son pulled the fire alarm in the Sam's Club. And the manager was good enough not to have us arrested for malicious mischief. But you know what, Colonel? Jamal Bowman knew exactly what he was doing. He pulled that fire alarm to forestall a vote. That's malicious mischief, if not sedition. So something needs to happen to that guy, but I don't think it will because he's the preferred uh, race. He's the preferred uh, political party, and I don't think anything will happen to him. And I'm really highly disappointed in the leadership of McCarthy. I'm not sure how you feel about him, but he's done some good things, but he's done some pretty bad things as well. You know, based on the indictments we've seen of the January 6th defendants and Donald Trump uh, for the crime of obstructing a, an official proceeding, that guy's perfectly, Jack Smith or Matt Graves, the U.S. Uh, assistant attorney up there, uh, is perfectly capable of getting an indictment for that and seditious conspiracy because he had to have been working with others in the Democrat Party. Do you think he really did that without permission from Hakeem Jeffries, the minority sure leader? Absolutely yeah. not. And they're sending, and afterwards, they're sending around communications talking points. We have copies of them. So that's seditious conspiracy, Matthew Graves. You better get on it because the American people that are that are angry about the January 6th treatment are going to get angry, <clears throat> angrier, and I'm concerned about what's going to happen in this country if we don't start getting a balanced uh, judiciary back and a balanced judicial system and legal system back, uh, but, but he's not going to do it. And that's going to drive us closer and closer and closer to internal, internal problems. And that's very concerning because we don't want that. Nobody... Even the people like me who are military leaders would ever want that to happen in this country. But they're driving it. I, I don't know if you've seen, but one of the latest uh, in vogue things to do for pundits, politicians, media, is to rewrite the history of World War II. And your buddy, General Ben Hodges, retired, made this statement. He said that the people that died in World War II were not Russians. They were all Ukrainians. Now, how ridiculous is that statement? I couldn't believe it when yeah. I read it. Yeah, what he didn't talk about, and I was going to bring this up before the end of the show here, uh, 
Uh, now, do you guys have any questions out there? You can email me, find me, at, uh, you can tweet at me. DM, my DMs are always open on X, uh, at Rob Manus. Uh, I, I try to answer questions if I have the answer. If I don't have the answer, I'll tell you. Or if I have an opinion, I'll tell you. Uh, you may not agree with me. Uh, but here's what the, the SOB hasn't talked about. And that is that Zelensky and Trudeau up in Canada honored a whopping SS Nazi soldier within the last 10 days. Nobody in the United States is talking about that. If you try to talk about that, you get accused of being a, a Russian puppet or pro-Russia uh, and all that. And I'll say it again. I did not think Putin would go take this military action. I disagree with it. I think it's the wrong thing to do. But we drove him to it. He told you he was going to do it. I've told you people a thousand times, listen to the dictators when they tell you what they're going to do. Hitler did it. They have all done it. They all tell you what they're going to do, but some of you people don't want to listen. But not one of these yahoos has, has, has uh, talked in a negative way about that Nazi that was being honored up there. How dare they allow that to happen in the first place, shame on Canada, shame on Zelensky for fist bumping the guy or whatever it was he did and complimenting him. He was in the Waffen SS that came out of a place controlled by Poland called Galicia, Poland. I believe, uh, is where most of the fighters in the Waffen SS in that division, the 14th division of the Waffen SS uh, uh, came from, they weren't Ukrainians. And this particular guy wasn't Ukrainian. He ought to be being investigated for war crimes. And if there's a, I heard today there was 2,000 of those people and whoever of them are left in Canada better be investigated for war crimes. Oh, but we're too busy concerned in America with going after grandma and grandpa MAGA uh, because they dared to walk through the Capitol uh, and disrupt an official proceeding, you know? And we're sending people to prison for 22 years for uh, seditious conspiracy and that charge, obstruction of an official proceeding, that weren't even in this district. It's time to get our act together here in the United States of America and end this endless war policy and focus on what we need to focus here, and that is fix our government because it is no longer serving the purpose for which we instituted it 200 plus years ago. Uh, I want your audience to understand that they need to, like me, I'm tired of hearing politicians stand up and say, we have to defend democracy. I always taught my students, whenever you hear anybody say something, look at the political context, the historical context. Why would he or she say that during the current political context, okay? Russia and Ukraine are not democracies. They are highly corrupt authoritarian regimes. They don't understand democracy. For 2,000 years, they've been authoritarian in nature. That's what they know. That's what the people grew up with and understand. They think democracy means somebody's going to get advantage over me, and they don't want that. They want some big, powerful Leviathan to protect them. They do not understand democracy because they don't have any Democrats. You're absolutely right, Doc. And you get the last you got the last word there, folks. Uh, uh, Dr. Errington's uh, contact info on X has been shown at the bottom of the screen. The whole show. I uh, appreciate you coming on again. I look forward to next time.
because uh, I know there will be one, sir. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, tomorrow, folks, uh, Training Tuesday, we have an expert that's done a deep dive, very deep dive, into that rogue federal government, and that is what he calls the administrative state. Some people call it the deep state. You don't want to miss that program. So I'm Rob Manus. Of course, Tucker's still laughing, but he's not laughing about the predicament we're in. He's laughing because he's trying to laugh about something instead of focusing on a lot of people's cynicism, uh, of which I am as guilty as that. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>